Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. Let's talk about the law of honor, the biblical law of honor. God said of the King David, he's a man after my own heart. He did not say he had a heart like God. David was imperfect. We know that. But he was a man after God's heart. What are you after? Wealth, fame, success, power, happiness. God said, David wants my heart. And folks, once you have the master's heart, you have about everything the master has. F.B. Meyer wrote, I used to think God's gifts were on a shelf, one above the other, and the taller I grew in Christian character, the more easily we could reach them. But now I find God's gifts are on shelves, one beneath the other, and it's not a question of growing taller, but stooping lower. It's about humility. God's principles are always contrary to what we think. So, God says, to be exalted, humble yourself. The way up is down in the kingdom of God. To receive, give. To save your life, lose it. See, it seems to be contradictory, but that's life in the kingdom. In the Ten Commandments, this principle of honor is listed in two of the commandments. And it carries a blessing to anybody who obeys it. So a lot of rabbis considered this principle the key to all blessings. That's why it shows up in two of the Ten Commandments. Blessing. Proverbs 11, verse 31, says, The righteous receive their reward on earth. See, you can be blessed in heaven, but you can also be blessed on earth. Now, a lot of Christians say, well, when I get to heaven pooey on when I get to heaven. How about now? Right? How about some of you? Let's let's have a little action now. God says you can have your reward on earth. Jesus told the disciples, you haven't left houses or lands or done anything for my sake that you shall not receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. Not in heaven. Enjoy your life while you're here on planet earth. Invoke some of the blessing of God down here. The principle of honor when you obey it, brings blessing, prosperity, and peace. Peace not just in your heart, but God makes even your adversaries at peace with you, your enemies. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, it's, God says, For them that honor me, I will honor, and them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So Jesus told us the first commandment and the most important was to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Jesus said, that's the greatest commandment. The word love here refers to honor. Let me give you an example. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 through 12, God asked this King Solomon, what shall I give you? What what an amazing request, huh? How would you like God to show up tonight, wake you up in your bedroom about 3 a.m.? Say, Ralph, what would you like me to give you? 
I mean, that's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? We just read that. And Solomon responds, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may rightly judge your people. Wouldn't it be great if all of our government officials on any party would get up on their platform and say, God Almighty, give me wisdom to judge rightly. Wouldn't that be great? Wow. Yeah, and God says, because you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor, nor the life of your enemies, nor for long life, then wisdom and knowledge shall be granted to you, and I will give you riches, wealth, and honor, such as none of the kings have ever had before you or shall have after you. I mean, that's a, that's a mouth-watering wow right there. See, when honor is present, it produces prosperity. It brings you into favor. It allows you to access blessings. And there are promises attached to the law of honor. For example, Ephesians 6, 1 and 2 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you in life and that you may live long upon the earth. That's a commandment with blessing. Life going well with you and live long on the earth. Now, I didn't like my father, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but none of them excuse me from giving honor to my life source. They brought me into the world, so God says you will honor them. You don't have to agree with them. You don't even have to imitate them, but you have to honor them. And I always honored my father as my wife. He got the best of anything or everything when I'm in his presence. Yes, sir. No, sir. Now, I'm an older man, but it's yes, sir. It ain't yeah, no. I hear my daddy now. I'll slap you up against the wall, boy. You see that sheetrock? It's going to look nice with your head in it. So I... I said, yes, sir. I grew up in a military family, and a lot of you have military roots or background, and you probably will understand this principle a lot better than the average Christian will. See, walk in the law of honor, and you will have peace, honor, prosperity, and blessing. That sound pretty good? Sounds good to me. In Mark chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus went out from where he was and came to his own country, his own hometown, and his disciples followed him. Okay, he's come back to his hometown where he grew up. He played little league ball there, went to kindergarten there. It says in verse 2, and when the Sabbath day was come, well, he went over to teach in the synagogue, and many were hearing him and were astonished, saying, where did this guy we grew up with and knew about, where did he learn all these things? And where did he get all this wisdom and that even mighty works are done by his hands. They said, we know this guy. How is this possible? So stop a minute. The fame of Jesus preceded his presence. Everybody knew about Jesus. He was all over Facebook, Instagram, social media. It was everywhere. Here's a local boy making good outside of their local town, his own hometown. So people are asking isn't this the guy who grew up here, who went to school here, who made furniture here? And he is the guy who walked on water, raised the dead, and healed the sick? Verse 3, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? 
and they were offended at him. Oh, by the way, for some of you Catholics, did you notice how many brothers and sisters Jesus had? Okay, this is not done ugly. This is just done because, like me, many of us were raised with teachings that aren't even in the Bible, that Mary never had any kids other than Jesus. So somehow to protect her. No, she's a normal woman. And after she conceived as a virgin and had Jesus, then she and her husband Joseph had lots of kids. You just have to eat it. I'm sorry. It's right there in the Bible. It's in the Catholic Bible, the Presbyterian Bible, the Baptist Bible. It's in the Bible. Okay. You know, when you read the Bible, it's dangerous because it'll just screw up a lot of nonsense. You and I were all taught. That's all of us. Me too. And I, I, I hope you have a, a, a bit of a questioning spirit to say, if it's in the word, I'm good. If it's not, then that's, that's rubbish. That's just your opinion. So they're offended at him. They were familiar with who he was, but not who he is. But let me pause here. How many remember Moses had a sister named Miriam? Well, Miriam was around before Moses, and when Moses was born, she had to change his diaper. She had to take care of him, probably help mom feed him and, and, and grow him up, right? So here's big sister. Here's Moses. So she's seen his little naked behind and changed him and powdered him or whatever they did back then and, and looked after him. However, there came a time when God chose Moses to lead a nation. Now his 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 position has changed. So while he's the brother of Miriam, she's quite familiar with him, but she forgets to honor the fact that outside of the home, you're not Mo's. Outside of the home, you're the patriarch and the leader that God speaks to personally to lead Israel. And so she has to show honor and respect there. She doesn't. She gets gossipy, starts spreading rumors and toxicity about his wife. And God comes down and smites her with leprosy. She got familiar with somebody she grew up with and failed to honor the position God put him in. There's a difference here. If you go, look, we, we become pals in here. Dr. Yerrington, uh, uh, Dr. Guillermo Rocha here, different people. I don't mean to miss you if you're out here. I'm just saying, if I go into their office, it's uh, Dr. Rocha, I have an appointment, please, or Dr. Yerrington. But... On, off the turf, it's uh, Bob, it's, it's Guillermo, it's Rick. Does that make sense? Yeah, but on their turf, you show honor. You show honor on their field of service and respect. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we should learn this in a home, right? I mean, it should be easy. Okay. So they knew who he was. They didn't know who he is. Verse 4, but Jesus said a prophet is not without honor in his own country. And among his own relatives and in his own household, he's not honored. Verse 5, and so Jesus could do no mighty works there except lay his hands on a few sick people, and he healed them. Now, the Bible doesn't say he wouldn't. It says he couldn't. Now, if I'm Jesus, <laughs> and be glad I'm not, I'm thinking, okay, boys, you bring up my past, I'll remove your future. <laughs> but, but Jesus didn't say that. It says he could do no mighty works. Why? Because there was no honor. A prophet is without honor in his own country, meaning those who are familiar with him. Well, I know him. Well, I, he, he and I smoked in the bathroom in high school. I know him. It's got nothing to do with who he is now. See? 
Can you see that honor is a key to releasing the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit in the vessel that God chose us to use? Jesus wasn't withholding blessing. He was being restrained. The law of honor needed to be activated for the release of Christ's power. In other places, Jesus opened deaf ears, caused the blind to see, the lame to walk. In those cities that honored him, he healed all manner of disease. But in his own hometown, he couldn't do much. Why? Because there was no honor present. The people focused on the natural instead of the divine. You know, we Americans have a skewed view of what we will honor and what we won't honor. And for the most part, it's an unbiblical view. In the natural, Jesus crossed racial lines, political lines, got angry, made a whip to drive money changers out of the temple. He touched unclean people. He violated so much of the Pharisees' religious traditions. So the Pharisee says, well, shucks, he can't be Messiah. The Messiah wouldn't do that, would he? And they were so offended, they refused to honor and they wanted to discredit the corrector to avoid being corrected by him. Amazing. The average Christian will only honor if it looks the way they feel it should. But Jesus didn't come the way everybody expected. And he probably won't come the way you expect. He may show up in combat boots. He may show up in some move of God, look Presbyterian. He may look Pentecostal. He may look Assembly of God. He might, in some cases, even look Baptist. But he will determine how he will show up. And he will not conform to your image. That, that's pretty well said. And so we've got churches all over the world that are based on race or based on uh, one little bit of tradition or something. And I'm thinking Jesus would blow it right out of the water. He'd blow us out of the water, I'm sure, if, if he just walked in and showed up. He'd offend everybody. He offended his parents, his, his brothers and sisters. Even the disciples were all offended at him. There wasn't anybody he didn't offend. Are you happy now? <laughs> okay. So here's the problem with honor. You can't bestow honor on yourself. Jesus couldn't honor himself either. In 8th chapter of John, John chapter 8, verse 54, Jesus said, if I honor myself, my honor means nothing. It is the Father who honors me of whom you say he's your God. Yeah, you say he's your God, but you won't honor me, his son. Bunk on your honor. So if I honor God, I honor the one God sent. And the one God sends is usually somebody you don't want to honor. In Mark 6, verse 7, Jesus sent the 12 disciples out. It says, and he began to send them forth two by two. And he gave them power over demonic spirits. Verse 10, and he said to them, whatever place you enter into, whatever house, you stay there until you depart from that place. And whoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust from under your feet as a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Remember, God sent three angels to Sodom and Gomorrah, and the people dismissed the message. So Jesus tells his disciples, they must receive you to hear you. If they won't hear you, leave. So the word honor means to consider precious. 
kind of like the value we put on gold or diamonds. Honor is a means of placing and showing value. Honor, when used in the context of people rather than things, means to appreciate, to esteem, to respect, to give favorable regard to. Dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. So when you treat something that is sacred as common, it's dishonor. What was the problem in Jesus' hometown? They said, you're just ordinary. We know you. We went to school with you. You're just a carpenter. We know your common brothers and sisters as well. Now, they did not say, Jesus, we dishonor you. They just made him common. We'll give you power to fix a table, but not a person. See, when Peter was sent to the Jews, they could only see He's a common, uneducated, foul-mouthed fisherman. Not an apostle. God wouldn't use him. <laughs> what, what you don't honor, you will eventually lose. If you don't honor truth, you'll lose it. If you don't honor excellence, you'll lose it. If you don't honor courtesy, you'll lose it. There are patterns of dishonor ingrained in our American culture today that make us in a list of some of the most dishonorable nations in the world. We slander, we lie, we discredit, we dishonor. Thus, we see very little of God's favor and even less of his miracles. It's kind of interesting to me as I travel the world that in churches in Asia where I preach, they'll run 20,000, 30,000. They'll line up an hour before multiple services to get in. Most of y'all come an hour late, but in Asia, they come and stand in line an hour early. I just was flabbergasted at watching that. See, the Asians, by their culture, honor authority. They honor their parents. They honor God. They honor the ones he uses. And it's just amazing and humbling to observe it. It's a beautiful thing. We probably had that in this country a millennial ago, but boy, have we lost it. In Matthew 10, verse 40, he says, he that receives you receives me, and he that receives me receives him who sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. So we in the ministry don't control the level of anointing that comes out of us. It's based largely on the law of honor. So wouldn't it be wonderful if this house were a house of honor, children honoring parents, wives and husbands honoring each other, honoring those in civil authority and those in spiritual authority. I didn't say agree. I said to honor them, right? God cannot flow in an atmosphere of dishonor. So where does honor flow from? Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus now quotes from the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 29, verse 13. This people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So honor then isn't on the tongue. It comes out of the heart. And if the heart is not right, it doesn't matter what's on your lips. If we honor God we obey him. We submit to him. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of the heart flow the issues of life. We look at all the corruption in this world, and it comes squarely out of the heart. The 
you can change the law, but that doesn't change the heart. It is the heart. If you're going to be racist, if you're going to be bigoted, if you're going to be uh, immoral, if you're going to be prejudiced, whatever you're going to be, rebellious, self-seeking, it comes out of the heart. And until Jesus changes the heart, nothing changes because it's all coming out of here. All right? Luke chapter 5, verse 17 says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. Here are all the Pharisees gathered in the house to hear Jesus teach. They, it's so crowded, nobody can even get in or out. And four guys bring their crippled friend on a sheet and dra drag him to get into Jesus because they've heard all about Jesus and he can heal him. But they can't get in. It's sold out. Nobody can get in. Well, these guys, without permission, without a vote, climb up on the roof, tear open a hole, and lower the guy down on a sheet. And I imagine while Jesus is sitting there, because they sat on the floor, all that debris is falling down. And he looks up and he sees these guys. He had to be amazed. And everybody's watching the scene. And Jesus forgives this guy on the mat. Your sins are forgiven. You know, take up your mat and walk. And then the religious leaders thought in their heart, no man but God can forgive sin. What is this? Who is this guy? And it says, Jesus perceived in his spirit their thinking, their thoughts. And he says, why do you reason in your hearts? And their thinking was quenching his spirit so that he could only heal one person, although the power of God was present to heal everybody. They didn't get anything. They didn't get touched at all. See, honor is distributed in three things. Number one, in word. Number two, in deed. And number three, in thought. That's how honor is activated. Word, deed, and thought. So true honor always originates in the heart. So you could easily be deceived by false words of honor called flattery, which the Bible condemns. And it's usually used to obtain something from somebody by you flattering them. Now, there are three patterns of dishonor. Number one, carnality, natural-minded people. These people make decisions based on their own philosophies. And by the way, you can be in church your entire life and be carnal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, first three verses, here's what Paul writes. I wanted to give you spiritual meat, but you were carnal. You were babes in Christ. So I fed you with milk and not with meat because you weren't able to bear it. Neither are you now able for you are still carnal because there is among you envy, strife, and division. Envy, strife, and division is what takes place when honor leaves. When honor vacates a home, a church, a business, strife, division, and envy take over. Carnality. Second, treating kingdom things and sacred things as though they're common. Whether it's marriage or leadership or finance or dating or ministry, you know, people in those occupations are approached as common and ordinary. Every time I approach a pulpit, I'm reminded, oh God, I long for you to do something through this vessel that's uncommon. See, it's unfortunate most people will only view you as common. Ministry is thought of, well, it's just an earthly vocation, kind of like janitor or principal or whatever, not as a divine call from the Holy Spirit. See, that's supernatural. 
Because most people that got called by God didn't want to go. I being one of them. And I can tell you that was supernatural because that was not in my repertoire. To, I mean, I think I fought that for about three years. And therefore, these people never receive all the gifts that God desires to flow through that vessel to you. So they limit their blessing. God wants us to honor up, honor down, and all around us. You honor those in authority above you, those equal to you, and you honor those below you. If you won't, and God says you're carnal. And the last time I checked, God takes the common and makes it uncommon. So God wanted Peter to go to a Gentile home and share good news. So he let down a pork roast from heaven on a sheet and told Peter, rise up and eat. And old Peter said, I've never eaten that which is common. And God told Peter, what I have cleansed, don't you ever call common. Now dig in and have some pork. <laughs> and old Peter went to the Gentiles' home and shared the good news. God would use rejects, castaways, people marginalized, people the world treats as common, and he puts an uncommon anointing on them. Well, I just don't know how God uses that person. You don't know God. He, he makes the common uncommon. And he loves to do it to confuse the religious people. He just loves to do it. Churches split and die basically because it becomes common. Here's a third reason. Hovering around tradition. Hovering around tradition. In Mark chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus said, You have made the word of God of no effect because of your tradition. Now, let me ask you this. You think maybe you picked up some tradition in your journey through religion, through your family background? I love this. You, you let me play a minute. Uh, well, Rick, I'm a Catholic. My dad is a Catholic. My granddaddy and my great-grandfather, we're all Catholic, so I'm Catholic. I've heard that over a thousand times. Okay, nope. listen to what I'm saying. Here's what I hear. You don't think at all, do you? You never read your Bible, have you? You don't even know what's in the Bible. You are something because 14 generations were that, and you just didn't question it. Or... I'm a Baptist, or I'm Assembly of God, or I'm, you, you, you pick it out. And people keep saying, well, I'm Church of God in Christ, hallelujah, glory to God, and what, whatever. What's that got to do with having a brain and worshiping spirit and truth? How much did you pick up that's not necessary or even in Scripture? Uh, when I was, I remember as a young man being in a, a Bible Baptist church, and it was on a military uh, Savannah, Georgia, a military base there because this is during the Vietnam War and I finally uh, I got an, an Asian colonel to come with his wife he was a wonderful man, Asian man from Korea and they had transferred him to Savannah well he is a born again dedicated Christian he had been water baptized after he had been saved and the church wouldn't let him join because they said you have to be baptized in Bible Baptist Church, or we don't recognize your baptism. And I remember thinking, huh? What did I miss here? Why do I have to get baptized again? You're an assembly of believers in Jesus, 
He lived, he died sinless, he rose from the dead, he took my judgment. I trust him and I followed him in believer's baptism, my death and burial and resurrection. Why well, I got to go back down again because you got a different name. Tradition. I told, the, I told the colonel, I said, forget it. Don't do it. You don't have to do that nonsense. And there's just a lot of stuff in there that was just nonsense. It was given to me that's been picked up by you as well. And it can really mess up your relationship with God because of tradition. It might limit what God can do by, by tradition. Uh, for example, did you know the Apostle Paul's father was a criminal? He was executed with Jesus? Because it says in the Bible, Paul says, my old man was crucified with Christ. <laughs> That's a cheap shot. <laughs> Keep you alert. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's just not, not there in the Bible that God does not ask you to do, nor do you have to do it. Let's go to verse 10. Now, Jesus deals with honor. He says, for Moses said, honor your father and mother. Whoever curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Verse 11, but you say if a man, these are the Pharisees, but you say if a man offers a korban, a gift, you can exempt the law. You don't have to obey it. So the Pharisees were saying, if you don't like your parents, you don't have to honor them. Just offer some money at the temple and you can bypass the honor law. Wow. These, these rascals. So what would it be like if some it became a house of honor where their husbands honor their wives, wives honor husbands, children honor parents, co-workers honor each other, pastors and teachers are honored, members are honored. I'll tell you what, the favor of God would explode on us like a typhoon. Prosperity, peace would abound. So let's make this house, your house, your business, your department, a place of honor where we start to recognize those things in each other that are uncommon. Let, let me read you from Leviticus. This is for all you senior citizens. You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged. That's Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. Did you know we are to honor the ages? They're slow. Don't blow your horn at them when they're driving because they're slow making a turn or making a decision. I want to as well. No, no, no. God says, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't open the door. Don't. He even talks about uh, laying a trap for the blind so they will fall in it. God's pretty, pretty picky about that. Honor the aged. I, I never realized it, but I guess I'm one of those now, huh? <laughs> but God says you, they deserve a respect. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, let the elders, these are the older ones in, in ministry, that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. That's double pay. Why? Not the rookie, not the new kids, but those who have labored long as elders who labor in the word and doctrine. He says they're worthy of double honor. Do you know we have ranks of order in the military? Everybody doesn't get a Congressional Medal of Honor, but we have other medals to honor and recognize achievement or an injury, correct? Sure we do. So there are different levels of honor, but it is, we have an honor guard. We Honor is a Bible principle. It'll get you far in life. You don't have to agree with somebody. We can have civil government officials that you didn't vote for. So come, have a seat, come, come to church. 
I will be very respectful and honorable. Why? God says to do it. Read Romans. You honor those in authority because God put them in authority. It didn't mean they obeyed and did right. It just meant that position came from God, so you be honorable. When Paul dishonored the high priest because he didn't know it was the high priest and he cursed him, he was slapped on the face because did you not know this was the high priest and you speak disrespectfully? And Peter said, oh, no, I did not know he was the high priest. For it is written in Scripture, uh, uh, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. Anybody listen to this? Yeah, that, what does that do in our country? It goes on every day by every, every political group in, in, the, in the country. Everybody speaks evil of everybody. Terrible. And that's because we don't honor. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20. In a great house are vessels of gold and silver and of wood and earth, some of honor, some of dishonor. Never promote carnal people in ministry. Never promote those who are honorable, who will bring honor to God, to your home, to your business, or your church. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Last one. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Preferring means to honor the other person above yourself. That, that's important. And it should be important to you. That means going out of the driveway after service. You go ahead first. <laughs> you don't just jam your car up in there. Prefer one another. No, you go. No, you go. Yeah prefer one another. Open the door. My dad made us open the door for my mother. When, when I took my granddaughter out to go get a treat or to go to the mall or something, little granddaughter, I opened the door for her and closed the door for her. You're trying to instill in your grandchildren this honor principle, right? I remember I picked up a heavy bag for this woman who was all dressed in beauty and had all the designer everything and I just, I'm on the aisle seat and it looked very heavy. When I picked it up, I said, dear God, this is heavy. And I picked it up and put it in the overhead bin for her. And she just went over and sat down. And I remember I leaned over the seat and says, you're welcome. She says, oh, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. See, girls, if you, if, if you, if you don't observe this honor principle, what you don't honor, you'll lose. You want somebody to open the door for you. You want somebody to honor you as the weaker vessel. You want that. But if you don't respond to it, you'll lose it. Nobody will care. Or giving some old person your seat and your back hurts, but give it to them. And just give, it's an honor principle. Give up uh, going to the ball game maybe when one, your daughter or one of your sons has a ball game and they want you to come. It's an honor principle for your children where you honor them. Honor your wife. Honor your husband. Do that in front of the kids. Hebrews 13, verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls and must give an account. They want to do it with joy, not grief. Otherwise, it's unprofitable for you. See, where there's no honor for the shepherds of the house, then it's unprofitable for you. Honor is the key to uncommon blessing in your life, your marriage, your business, your relationships, and with God. He who honors me, him will I honor. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe 
and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.